Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Giddy up, episode 261, Maximize Your Influence. Here to teach you how to maximize your success, maximize your income, maximize your life, maximize your relationships, just become more successful and happier. That's all we're working towards. It all comes back to persuasion, motivation, influence, mindset, self-persuasion, the critical skill of life. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it as we work through some more tools. We've been talking a lot about presence, and today we want to talk about the charm factor in charisma. Hopefully you've been having a good week this week, and think about as you approach the end of the year about your goals and maybe getting into a hyperdrive to make sure you achieve those. I spoke this week in Salt Lake City, beautiful place, kind of in the mountains, they call it high desert. Great thing about Salt Lake City and around Salt Lake City is within 20 minutes, you could pretty much be on a lake at a ski resort in the mountains in the middle of nowhere or a downtown in a major city. So that's why they held the Olympics there is that they had the big city and you could be in ski resorts within minutes and that makes life easier instead of being in the middle of nowhere. So let's switch it up a little bit and do a Persuasion Ninja. This happened to me earlier than the year. And if you've been a steady listener to the podcast or been to the seminars, you know that cars do nothing for me. I'm not a car person. I am a boat person. Love wakeboarding, wake surfing, slalom skiing every once in a while, maybe some wake skating. All these fun things that you can do around a boat. We call it lake therapy at my house and a fun thing to do in the summertime. Trying to convince my family to go to Florida for year-round boating, but still working on the what's in it for them because I haven't tapped into it yet. I'm still looking for it and I will find it. So in the wintertime, they have boat shows. A great time to have it because you can start dreaming and inspiring and thinking about the year before. My boat at the time was a Centurion. They're great boats. I've had a couple of them and always get the job done. I'm at the boat show and then I go to the local Centurion dealer where I've been there before. I bought boats from them before. I've done some oil changes, some maintenance there before. Can't be more than a couple of times a year. And I hadn't been in there for a while. And he comes up to me, says, Kurt, good to see you. I'm like, wow. Okay. That took me back. Of course, he smiled, squared up his shoulders, good handshake, two to three pumps that we talked about previously on our podcast. He says, how's your centurion doing? He mentioned the year. He mentioned the type of centurion that it was. How's it holding up for you? How's this working? How's this doing? You know what? Let me show you some of our newer models and some of the enhancement and changes that have been made. And it just floored me. Now, obviously, I have a passion for boats. I was in the right place. I was a kid in the candy store. And man, he knew my name, knew what I had, hit my hot buttons, knew what I liked, knew what I didn't like. Now, I don't know if he looked me up real fast when he saw me walking in. I guess it doesn't matter at this point whether he just remembered, had a good memory. That changed the game. And I've been loyal to them for that very reason. Because when you go to these shows, you've got options. They're all there. All the dealers are there. You've got Mastercraft. You've got Tyga. 
You've got Natik. I mean, I can go on and on and on. You've got options. These are all very, very nice boats. But he had the relationship. He remembered. That makes the difference. The Centurion dealership gets the Ninja of the Week. Lesson being, even if you have to look them up before you call them on the phone or visit with them, even if you have to write down what you talked about last time so you can talk about their daughter's birthday or their trip to Europe or different things they do, those little things... That makes a huge difference. A little extra effort, but wow, makes you more persuasive and increases your presence and charm, something we'll be talking about today. But we got to get to our geeky article first. Brought to you by UC Davis. I've taught there before in Ohio State University and the Journal of Psychopharmacology. Where they get these names, I don't know. And I've talked about this a little bit in past shows about caffeine. This study talks about serving coffee in your next meeting because when you serve coffee at a meeting or at a seminar or at a focus group, it boosts involvement and it leaves members feeling better about their own and others' participation according to this research. Now, there's decades of coffee research. Is it healthy, not healthy? I think we've seen both. I mean, you've got to decide that. But let's talk about the science of this, that it does affect the performance in group tasks. So the participants who drank coffee before the discussion were more positive about their group and their performance. I've mentioned other studies where it increases involvement and engagement and makes people easier to persuade. So they're trying to figure out, okay, is this a caffeine? Is there other aspects of coffee? Is it a good association trigger when people drink a hot cup of coffee? So they started giving them caffeinated coffee and decaffeinated coffee. And to keep up with the results, they found it was the caffeinated coffee that made the difference. So it's about caffeine. Even putting caffeine in orange juice increased your ability to influence people. Now, I'm not recommending this. I'm just telling you the studies. They also found that with that caffeinated coffee, that people participated more and had more statements relevant to the topic and the conversation. So take it for what it's worth. Kind of an interesting thing about caffeine and coffee and group activity and your ability to influence others. Maybe even when you take caffeine, if you're having a bad morning, can make you more influential. All right, let's get to some listener email. Oh, boy! Kurt, this is Ismarda from Egypt. I saw you last time that you were here. And I love when you talk about charisma and charm. There's a word here that's close for that word that when people have presence and they're very influential and people want to be around them. And the closest word I found in English was charm. Can you tell me how to increase my charm or my charisma when I'm working with people I'm trying to persuade? P.S. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast. When are you coming back to Egypt? And where can I find your charisma course? All right. A lot of things there. Let me see if I got them all. Charisma course can be found at lawsofpersuasion.com. I will be in Egypt this December, and we can talk about charm and charisma. That's a great question as we get into this. We talked about it a while back in episode 249. That can be found at influenceuniversity.com. That's free part of the membership site that has the advanced training and the charisma and training. Is smart. If you want the intense charisma influence, all of the above training, that is at influenceuniversity.com. But charm, just like anything else, can be learned. I like that word charm. I know in the Korean, it was translated as hidden power. 
it's always the challenge of different languages, sometimes translating things and the words that you use. So let's tackle that word, that charm, that charm factor, getting into charisma. What can you do to increase the charm or that connection or that presence you have with people? So this is almost presence number two. We're going to talk about it in a few series here. Last time we talked about how to captivate an audience, having more passion with what you do. This time we're getting into charm, also a function of presence. As Marty, you mentioned later in your email about the easiest one first. So let's start with one that you could easily implement. Now, you might be in denial about this, but that is humor. Your ability to be happy, your ability to use humor, and this all comes from within, can change your presence, can give you charms, makes you more likable, makes people easier to influence, and it's something you can learn. It's even something you can borrow. Now, careful with humor. When you use your own humor, they're either going to laugh with you or feel sorry for you. So I want to make sure that it works. Because I know you've heard something before where you laughed and laughed and you try to tell someone and it bombed. It's all delivery. We'll talk about that. But you can borrow humor through a comic, through a YouTube video for someone else telling a joke. I always have people at my seminars create a joke list on their phone, start collecting jokes. They haven't put some of my jokes that I use throughout the seminar. And it doesn't have to be that good. Sometimes it can even be corny. I remember starting off day two at a seminar saying, man, I tripped about mufflers all last night and I woke up exhausted. <laughs> you may or may not like that one, but so simple, easy to tell. Now you got to be careful in translation, obviously, but those are things that you could work on. And part of it too is being happy yourself. So let's tackle these. Let's talk about happiness for a while and we'll talk about humor because this is part of your charm. If you're sucking the life out of people and people don't want to be around you, you can't get them to smile, you can't get them to laugh, you have no presence, you have no charm. I love what Helen Keller said. Remember, she couldn't hear or see. She said, happiness cannot come from without, it must come from within. It's not what we see and touch or that which others do for us which makes us happy. It is that which we think and feel and do, first for others and then for ourselves. And the reason people aren't happy is they have no purpose. They're not helping other people, not serving other people. When you have a true purpose and you're changing in the world, you're improving lives and you're making a difference for other people, that increases happiness. So having a purpose can really increase your happiness. A lot of people are unhappy because they have conflicting goals. Yeah. If you want to be the best dad, best mom in the world, but you also want to be the best in your office or best in your industry, sometimes those could conflict. Maybe you want to be financially independent, but money is the root of all evil. Maybe you want to be an entrepreneur, but you want job security. <laughs> those aren't really conflicting goals, but they could be conflicting for you. And most of it's just identifying it. I have a benefit. I want to be a great dad. I always be there for my children, but sometimes I have to travel as I build my business and and I've made some compromises. I travel less in the summer. It's not perfect, but at least I've identified it and I've worked on it because conflicting goals can trigger unhappiness. So identify what's conflicting and come up with a game plan to kind of improve it. Or even worse is not having any goals at all. You think about the happiest time in your life, you're pursuing a worthwhile, exciting goal. You need to have goals. Humans need to have goals. You want to be happy, you need to have goals. This is real. So you cannot have other people laugh and smile and be happy unless you're happy yourself. So think about it. Do you have a purpose? Do you have good goals? Are those goals conflicting? Do you need to adjust, amend them, or fix them a little bit so they do not conflict? 
or conflict as much as the example that I gave? I mean, the research is clear. When you look at charismatic leadership, having a happy disposition, being cheerful is part of that. Humor increases trust in your audience. Humor connects you with your audience and increases your presence and charm. There's a direct correlation between great leaders and their sense of humor. And people disagree with you less when you use humor. That's the research. We know it works as part of your presence, especially that charm. Because people are so hungry for that smile, for that laugh after life beat them up or they've had that hard day. They want to be around someone like that that has that charm, that charisma, that presence. And not only that, when you use your sense of humor, it helps others become more open with their feelings. It reduces their stress and their fear. It enhances their self-image. They become friendlier. And it even enhances your relationship. There is no downside here. Okay, well, I take that back. The downside would be inappropriate humor, humor that's not funny, or humor that you haven't practiced, or your joke is too long, or, or maybe you didn't give enough time to think it through or get it. <laughs> For example, when you look down a mole hole, and to my international friends, a mole's a little animal that burrows under the ground, has a front entrance and a back entrance, and this is an English joke, so I don't know if you're going to get it or not. But when you look down a mole hole, what do you see? Molasses. <laughs> see, that one, it takes time to ferment and for people to get. Ask your kids for a joke. Again, start putting it on a list. Create a list. You're going to get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Maybe paste some YouTube videos you can use. You can use comic strips. You can have somebody else tell a joke or embarrassing moment. Get the laughter going. That energy makes you more influential, gives you more charm, gives you more presence. So lesson number one with your happiness, discover a fun, exciting, realistic goal and pursue it. Make sure it's written down. You follow the formula that we've talked about on the show. You'll find those in the archives at InfluenceUniversity.com. You've got to be able to know the direction you're heading in life because you can't lead others, persuade others, unless you can persuade and lead yourself. Number two, start implementing more humor. Whether it be a webinar or a seminar, one-on-one, -on -one, a group presentation, people want to smile, people want to laugh. Now, careful, important safety tip, using comics. Technically, depending on the situation, you are supposed to contact the people that own the copyrights. I know my second book, Persuasion IQ, I spent thousands of dollars for permission to use comics in there. Now, it's getting kind of vague and fuzzy with YouTube and other things, but it's always good to find out and give credit where credit is due. And that's one you can easily implement is a comic, a funny comic, a relevant, non-offensive comic. Now, here's some important safety tips here. And this is based on thousands of hours trying to get people to laugh. Remember, with presentation skills, it's all about the edutainment. We just don't want to learn. We want to be entertained. We want to laugh. We want to be engaged. That's part of this charm. Now... A six-frame comic is very difficult to get the laughter because it's so busy. There's so many moving parts. I mean, maybe if you can separate it in a PowerPoint, you can use it, but it's very difficult. I would encourage you to use a one-frame comic. But something very important, you need to darken out or white out the text of that comic and deliver it in the right way. So when you show them, let's say it's in a PowerPoint, you paste it into a PowerPoint, you show them the comic, you explain what's going on, what the situation is, point out the important things, then click the next button and show the whole audience at the same time the text. 
Then do not let them read it at their own speed. You read it to them and their brains will sync up with your voice. Read it to them and get them all to laugh at the same time. Because if you do not do that, what's going to happen is everyone's going to read at their own pace, going to get at their own pace, take their own time. Some people are going to read the text first, look at the picture. Some read the picture first, then read the text. You do it for them. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to get little pockets of, uh, uh, oh, 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 I get it. Instead, you want them to all laugh and engage at the same time. And the only way to do that is to explain the picture and read the text to them on the next slide. That will make all the difference in the world. Or use a YouTube video. Or again, borrow it from somebody else. Have somebody else bring the joke of the day. It makes all the difference. A little laughter can be corny, can be a little cheesy sometimes. But a good laugh, even when it's a bad joke sometimes, can make a big difference in your charm, your presence, and your charisma. So a few things. Just to recap here a little bit. Work on your own happiness. Make sure you're slowly finding, maybe it's taking a little time and that's okay, your your purpose. Make sure you've written down your goals and you have a direction that you're going. That increases happiness. Make sure you've identified conflicting goals that you have and come up with a game plan to reduce the conflict. That's happiness. And part of that too, we haven't talked about, which is obvious, is be around happy people. Be around optimistic people. Don't be around the people that suck the life out of you. And I know some of them are your family that you have to be around, but try to limit your time. Try to limit their impact that they have on your psyche. Work on your humor. Create a jokes list, a video list. Create an embarrassing moment list. Things that you can tell at any time. And eventually this list is going to grow to 50 to 100 to where when you need to speak, when you need to present, when you need to persuade, you can look it up. Something's going to resonate with you because the benefits of humor are huge. Remember, People will not disagree with you as much. They're easier to influence. It increases their attention and trust. Really, there's no downside here unless it's inappropriate, offensive, too long, or too lame. (laughs) It just wasn't a good joke. Practice your humor. Go find strangers at the mall and say, hey, let me tell you a joke. Let me tell you a funny story. And make sure that you've practiced it because it's in the delivery. Because if someone told you a joke and you laughed and you tried it and they didn't laugh, you already know it was a great joke. It was in the delivery delivery. And we talked about a great article on charm in episode 249. If you want more information on that, the charisma course is in influence university. If we find it maximize your influence, just click on the product and service button. It's right there. There's our plug for the day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Find us on social media. We're on iTunes, Pinterest, Facebook at maximize your influence. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you send it to your family and friends. In fact, I'm working on a little program to where you will get a bonus for reposting on social media. Master these skills. Go out and change the world. Get more tools and persuade with power. 